0: Welcome back to podcast number 30 of Soaring Life Radio. We're calling this one Breakfast Club for Winning, and you'll learn more about that in a minute. Um, my name is Carolyn Dolan. I'll be your host. And this is where physical therapy, nutrition, and lifestyle meet, because how you live your life determines whether or not you soar, inspiring you with information and actionable steps so you can reduce pain, optimize healing, and improve function naturally at work, at home, and life. Um, parenting and especially during recovery from injury, surgery, or painful conditions. This is a podcast for the open-minded, obstinate, need not apply. So welcome back. I'm trying to, as I do this, squeeze these things in. Um, I have a patient coming soon this morning, but I wanted to share with you some interesting research that I have recently come across. As I have... um, progressed with my new program for reducing pain and promoting healing following orthopedic injury um, or surgery, um, I continue to struggle with resistance for people changing how and what they eat. And I totally get it. We each have different personality styles and tendencies, like I've discussed before, and that some people need information. Some people need accountability. Some people are internally driven. And then some folks are um, just do what they want to do. What um, as clinicians, though, it's still even if you're somebody who um, requires more accountability, it is still important that we understand the why of our recommendations as parents and healthcare providers. And so, this reser- research—the I'm going to present today—is actually three studies, kind of confirming the importance of breakfast. Um one of the things I'm going to think I'm going to start incorporating this into um, my program, my healing program, because I think it's simple to do in the sense that it's one step that can have potentially a very profound impact on our ability to improve our sleep, um, to improve, improve our metabolism, which is also um, related to our inflammatory state. Um <clears throat> and even also something that you can focus in on to help set yourself up if you win the morning you can set yourself up for success later on in the day. Um as many of you guys who follow me know, I've harped a lot on things like gluten and there's a lot of debate and I will own that I was pretty um religious about it for a while, but it, the research supports that it absolutely is worth considering eliminating um to really see how it fits in your life. Whether or not you are required to uh, have it out of your life forever or not really depends on whether or not you're able to give it up for a period of time and see what happens. The causes of problems with gluten are yet to be really um, determined from the research standpoint about exactly why it's become so problematic for many people and genetic causes, environmental causes, um, and things like that. And so that's something that I struggle with, too, is people have a hard time considering giving up gluten. And I would argue that in the healing phases, that might be one of the most important times to seriously consider it. But I understand that it's hard and different people um, live different lives than I do and are different types of people. So I came across this research related to breakfast and I'm going to shift my focus in my program to um (coughs) shifting my focus to... Asking people to really commit to a solid breakfast, and these research studies, and, and by solid breakfast I mean um, protein, um, low on re- um, avoiding refined flours for breakfast, particularly wheat, and maintaining a whole foods, naturally gluten free breakfast. <coughs> and here's why. So, the first study I'm going to talk about is um, discussed a, discussed. The high caloric intake at breakfast versus dinner, so they did a comparison of a high calorie breakfast or dinner. Now, mind you, this was not necessarily gluten-free, but it was a high protein, dense, rich meal. Um, Differently influences weight loss in overweight and obese women. So uh, What's interesting is that they're relating some of the metabolic changes based on the timing of your meal. And so... What they tie this to is they talk about your circadian rhythm, which is your mas- your body's master clock about the w- sleeping and wake cycle. I've talked a fair amount about this um, in my book, Sworn to Health. But that the meal timing and feeding schedule really exerts a strong effect on our circadian rhythm. But more important is that um, the protein consumption in the morning... Um, seems to have a greater initial and sustained feeling of fullness. It increases your sense of satiety, meaning that you're feeling like you're full. It reduces um, the concentration of an appetite regulation hormone called ghrelin, and I've also discussed that as well. So what they did is they took, they had a randomized open-label parallel arm study design in which patients received dietary advice to one of the two Um, isocaloric weight loss diets so they each had the same um, number of calories for 12 weeks and so they either were going to have a high calorie breakfast which was uh, about 700 calories but it included tuna milk chocolate milk um, cheese a salad um, so it had a higher protein content or they um, or a high calorie dinner and so that was one of their samples. So, and it also included whole wheat bread. So what's cool is that even if you don't go gluten free, this appears to still be um, posi- have a positive impact. So the, measure- the values that they looked at were, were um, blood glucose, and that in the group that had the high calorie breakfast, had a st- statistically significantly lower blood glucose levels, fasting glucose levels. Their insulin sensitivity, um, so their insulin levels, was also statistically significantly improved in those in the breakfast group. Um, they also looked at the hormone response, which was much lower. The ghrelin, um, satiety hormone, was lower in the breakfast group. The hunger scores were statistically significantly lower. So it reduced your hunger by having a protein-packed breakfast and that your sense of fullness or satiety was dramatically increased, meaning you absolutely felt more satisfied after having a um, breakfast, protein-packed breakfast. And so um, it was not a blinded study, okay? So it's not like the optimal study but you can't blind what people are eating however it does demonstrate physiologically that there are some significant improvements in metabolism for women by having breakfast okay um so i will put the links of these three articles in the comment section of the podcast um but this one the original article that i was just speaking to was in the journal uh, obesity from december 2013 this next one w- is from the journal american Sci- american society for nutrition and this is also talking about the circadian timing of food intake and the increase of body fat and so this had a 110 persis- participants aged 18 to 22 years old and they had a 30-day cross-sectional study to document the sleep circadian behaviors and their meal timing. They used a mobile phone app to record all food intake. What the results indicated was that the non-lean individuals, meaning that they had high body fat, consumed most of their calories closer to melatonin onset. And that is an indication of basically getting ready for bed. Your melatonin increases as you're preparing for bed. So their nighttime um, eating. Um, <laughs> and that lean individuals, meaning low body fat, did not um, consume their meals further away from the the melatonin onset. They showed there was a statistical significance in the timing of food intake relative to that melatonin onset was significantly associated with percentage of body fat and body mass index, meaning the more um, food you ate, closer to your bedtime was associated with increased body fat Um, and that this is further evidence for consumption of food during the circadian evening and or night is associated with weight gain and that this was independent of other risk factors related to what type of food was intake was eaten the activity level, although all of those play an important role in body composition, that the timing of the meal was important. It was um, independent of those factors. And then finally, this is, um, gosh, and that this last article was uh, published in 2017, American Society for Nutrition, um, by authors McHill. And again, I'll post that link. And then also we have the... This is from Diabetes Care. Let's see when was this published? I uh, got 2017, um, and it was titled "Influences of Breakfast on Clock Gene Expressen- Expression and Postprandial Glycemia in Healthy Individuals and Individuals with Diabetes." And this was a randomized clinical trial. They w- the specific aim of the study was to explore the ac- acute effect of breakfast consumption. Or omission on glucose homeostasis and clock gene expression in healthy individuals and individuals with type two diabetes, meaning they were looking about looking at whether skipping breakfast or consuming breakfast had a direct effect on the glucose levels, and whether or not it affected a person's ability to sleep. Um, so this is also really fascinating because they found that the breakfast consumption does directly affect your circadian clock and the gene expression leading to the normal cycle of sleep. And that skipping breakfast adversely affects that clock, so it's going to adversely affect your ability to sleep. Um, uh, And it was also correlated, skipping breakfast is also correlated with an increased glycemic response in both healthy individuals and those with With diabetes so what what's the moral of the story here the take-home message well for me it makes it very clear that it is important to have a protein-packed breakfast as far as my healing plan I plan on shifting it to promoting um, a whole foods nutrient-dense protein-packed breakfast that is naturally gluten-free um because the important part of sleeping and that healing process is critical. And if we're not timing our meal appropriately, then we're going to have an adverse re- effect on our ability to sleep. And during that recovery process, it's going to be important to focus in on that. But what I like about this, and I, if you follow me on Facebook, I had brought this up because I'm really interested in the psychology of how we can change behaviors. And oftentimes I see people eyes glaze over when I start to talk about all these factors that are really important, yet there are some folks who somehow have thrived in really destructive environments. Um, And and I've been asking that question about, they're, um, they're called bright spots, right? These people or things that can remain, people that are remaining healthy somehow despite the environment or what something that they are doing is somehow different from the rest of us. And I've come across a few people who um, they're aging rather gracefully given where they've grown up. And one of the things that I've started to notice was a common link, which was sparked by some of this research, was they eat a protein-packed breakfast. So, for example, my mom... Um, who has lived an entire life, her her uh, physical therapy career on minimal to no sleep. I mean, I really honestly, I, we've joked that she needs to donate her brain to science because she's still alive and functional. But one of the things she has done is regularly eating a protein packed breakfast. And I wonder if that benefit she had didn't eat cereal. She never was a big sweets person, but she ate real food for breakfast. And I wonder if that's one of the things that's helped her through an otherwise unhealthy lifestyle. So with that, um, I'm also going to be working on, sorry, somebody's, uh, um, my patient's here, but really quick, I'll be working on starting a, a challenge group on, you know, 30 mornings of breakfast and see what changes I start to notice if we look at pain and other, other markers of function. That's all for now. Thank you.